Let's see humans colonize Mars. How would Martian colonists view the gospel in this newly inhabited planet? How would the gospel be shared on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast of Grace Bible Church Gainesville with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Bread, podcast 19. Fresh Bread, where we're serving the truth of God's Word to a starving world. And on this podcast, we're we're going to leave this world and travel to Mars with God's truth. So, Pastor Brandon, are you ready to go to Mars? I'm not going to Mars. You don't want to go to Mars? Although it would be kind of cool if Elon Musk would let me be strapped to a rocket and go into space. I would, I'd probably do that. Although my wife and kids might not like it. I don't know. My kids would be okay with it. My wife probably. But yeah, um, but I'm not going to Mars, so there's that. It would be an experience. You know, this question comes from one of our listeners. So if humans colonized Mars, how would the Martian colonists view the gospel? How would the gospel be shared with this newly inhabited planet? Well, that's a good question, I think, Keith. I mean, I think there's a there's that question really has packed with it a lot of different ways to look at this. You know, I think, number one, the question becomes, is God does God intend for us to colonize other planets? And I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that that's the case. I mean, I know it seems like from Scripture, when Moses wrote Genesis chapter 1, he, he said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But then, you know, it was pretty, you know, in terms of what he spoke about, you know, he, he said, you know, that, the, that God created the sun, moon, and stars. Well, he actually said the lesser, the lesser light and the greater light and the stars also. But it doesn't seem like that in Genesis chapter 1, the focus is on other planets. It's not as if he doesn't acknowledge that there are heavens, that there is more than just the earth, but he's certainly heliocentric or earth-centered on in, in how he describes creation and what's going on here, you know, on earth. And so, you know, we see the creation of dry land and we see the, you know, the separation of the firmament and see the formation, if you will, of earth itself. But he doesn't do a lot of description in terms of what's happening outside of, in, you know, the rest of the solar system and beyond. And so when I think about that, then I, I think from the biblical point of view, Earth seems to be the focal point of creation, and ultimately man then, because man is the one that God created in his own image, is the focal point of creation, and it seems to be that he's given man earth as his kingdom. And so it definitely, when I read Genesis 1, I definitely get the idea that earth is a special creation made or man, and I don't get the idea that anything outside of that is important in the story of redemption. And, and I will say it's interesting, and I, I mentioned it briefly just a few, just a second ago, but, you know, he says that he, he made the greater light and the lesser light. You know, the he, he didn't even name the sun, and he didn't name the moon, you know, even though that's what he's referring to. And I would argue he did that because there were other cultures that even at that time that were worshipers of the sun and worshipers of the moon. And I think what he's saying is, is God is so great. The one who created these things is so great. He doesn't even have to name those things. They don't even matter. Matter. They're meaningless. You know, they're just a part of creation God is using, and it's ultimately His glory. And we see that even in at the end, Revelation 22, we see 
that the the light in the new heavens and new earth comes from comes from him. I mean, it's not there's no mention of of a sun or, or a moon, and, and he's the one that gives the light. And so ultimately, what I see there is that earth matters, and the rest of it, you know, ultimately doesn't matter. And God's, you know, how God created things, and in God's economy, in terms of what I see biblically. So you say no to colonization? Uh, you know, look, God has allowed us to colonize earth. I mean, I I would say Genesis one twenty six through 28, go and fill the earth. You know, there's this idea of, of man filling the earth. I mean, he doesn't say in those verses, he doesn't say fill the earth and then go to Mars and fill Mars and go to, you know, he doesn't say that, you know, and so again, we don't see that focus in scripture. It's interesting that before Jesus ascended, he said, go and make disciples of all the nations. That seems to be more focused on the nations of the world. Acts chapter 1, you know, he says, you know, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and go into all the ends of the earth. Again, there's a focus on the earth. I I don't see this focus on going to other places. What's interesting is, is that Mars is not inhabitable without a lot of intervention on our part in order to make the extreme temperatures and and extreme climate that you would find there. That's not the case on Earth. Even worst case scenario on Earth, you know, as an example, Antarctica you know, would be a worst case example, but we don't need to colonize and have, you know, large city Antarctica because God has given plenty of room, you know, in the rest of the earth. So I just don't see the purpose of it. And and I, I don't see why we would be focused so much on that. I would argue probably that, but well, I know the focus of, of colonization of Mars has been partially because people feel like that the earth is filling up, you know, overpopulated. But I think that's a farce. I don't think that the earth is overpopulated or even close to being overpopulated. The issues that we see really is a mismanagement of the resources that God has provided. You know, people starving is a function of mismanagement more than it is scarcity, although there is a scarcity. But that scarcity, I think, comes from a a lack of managing the, the resources properly. And ultimately, I think that, you know, your eschatology matters in this, because I would argue that the millennial kingdom, that Christ is going to rule in the millennial kingdom, and he will show how to perfectly manage the, the resources that are the earth has provided, the earth that he, that God has provided in the earth. Well, let's say that we do colonize Mars. I don't think... Are that, you stuck on this? Well, I'm thinking that the question as we answer the, the first part of it, uh, to view the gospel, I don't I don't think that would even change if you're on Mars. Yeah, I mean, let's just say, you know, for sake of argument, that God allows us to colonize Mars. I mean, I don't think that's any different than colonizing, you know, North America or South America or any other place in the world. I mean, that's actually, it's interesting because when you think about it, you know, you have Genesis 10 and 11. Genesis 10 is, you know, the, what we call the table of nations. I mean, it's it's the best record of, of the nations, you know, in terms of what we might call prehistory or, you know, the, in terms of modern history. You know, we can look at that table of nations and we can see where the modern nations have come from. And But then after that, you have the Tower of Babel, which God confuses the language and he spreads them out. He causes them to go over the surface of the earth. He causes them to go out that way. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the very next chapter is Genesis 12, which is a specific nation that God uses, you know, that we see Abraham there, and he's going to be the father of many nations. That's uh, been promised that, and and then ultimately we see that Israel comes from Abraham. I mean, that Israel arises from Abraham, and I don't think that's a mistake. That has to do with the gospel. 
I mean, that's that's how God, you know, if there's going to be all these nations and there's going to be all these nations that are going to be spread out of the earth, the question is, and they're all different languages, the question becomes, how do they understand the gospel? Ultimately, God is making that, and the understanding there is, is he's going to use Israel for that purpose. And, you know, then we see the Messiah coming and arising from Israel. And in Acts chapter 1, you know, at, at Pentecost, they spoke in many languages. And so, you know, they're able to communicate with, uh, you know, other nations. They're able to communicate with people with other tongues. And again, that's the gospel. And so I, I think that in, in, terms of, in terms of colonization, I mean, I think the gospel has a huge role in that. So if God allows for the colonization of Mars, I think that the gospel goes forth there. Yeah, I think that's the same as what we do even now. If we go to other places and we, we preach the gospel, that's the mandate. And so if God allows us to settle on Mars, I think the, I think the church goes there. That's what happens, and the, you know, the church is there. And I th- again, it'd be the same process as colonizing you know, the United States or what North America and South America and other places like that. Do you believe that the Earth is unique among all other planets? Yeah, I, I think that physically speaking, you know, I think scientifically speaking, the Earth is the perfect distance from the sun. The way the Earth spins, the tilt of the Earth, everything about the Earth is specially made and situated in such a way to support life. I, I think scientifically we see that, and that's the reason why you go to other other places. I mean, other other planets, we visited them in terms of sending probes there and photographing and different things, and we haven't found proof of life there. Now, by the way, it wouldn't change my theology if they did find you know some sort of you know, life at some whatever stage of life, whatever. I mean, obviously, if you find aliens, that would be maybe a little bit different, but I don't expect that we will. I don't expect that. I, I do think that God created Earth, and he's created in a special way, and I don't, I don't see it. I don't see room scripturally. I don't see that. I mean, I don't see uh, room for aliens being there. Look, if God created other peoples, it wouldn't like sh- it wouldn't shake my worldview and completely change things and make me not a Christian anymore. Because I, you know, if that's what He did and He reveals that to us in due time, then I wouldn't change anything. But, but I don't see it biblically at this point. It would change a little bit of scripture because. You know, God created man in His own image. Would he, did he, would He create other beings in His own image? Uh, yeah, when I say it wouldn't change, I mean, here's what's funny. Here's what's interesting. We we all believe in alien life because the angelic world and the, the you know demons and angels are not like us. I mean, so you know they're they're alien to us. As a matter of fact, you know, when Christ was in the boat, when the storm was about to overtake Christ and the disciples, I mean, they you know, there's this sense that Christ was alien to them. They didn't understand him because he is otherworldly. I mean, he became God became flesh and became became a man, but but there's something transcendent about him. And so, you know, I mean, there is a there is another realm. I mean, it's a, it's called the angelic realm. And and it's, you know, there's principalities and there's powers there that we don't fully understand understand. And so, but to believe that there's a, to believe that there's a, a, a world that God has created that we know nothing about that's like our world, I don't see it biblically. I, I don't. I don't see it biblically. Now, I, what I was saying earlier is it wouldn't, if God chose to reveal that that is the case, I don't think it would contradict Scripture. I, I don't think, you know what I'm saying? I don't think, I don't, in whatever way, I mean, you're, you're kind of looking at me funny, but I don't think <laughs> I think the reason you're looking at me funny is that I don't think he's done anything that that contradicts scripture. 
So if he, if there were a world that we know nothing about, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how that would work. I don't believe that it's the case, but if there were one, if you're, you know, if we're in this kind of what if type of discussion, I don't think that would contradict scripture. I don't think that that would make my, I don't think it would all of a sudden change completely my, you know, view of scripture. I just don't think it would. I just, I think God has revealed his truth and the truth is the truth. And, and that wouldn't change even if I find something that, that I didn't understand completely before. Okay. Well, you opened this door, so let's go in. Let's just start at the very, very beginning of this. Um, Genesis 1-1. <laughs> well, kind of, because if you're looking at it from an... If we if we were looking at this, let's look at this from an evolution point of view. Okay. Life on other planet would kind of make sense. Yes. I think it's still amazing to think of, <laughs> when you look at a human being, that it just happened. That would be a miracle, but to have it happen like, over and over in other planets would be even, it would be mind-boggling. But let's say it happens, it makes, it would it would make sense to an evolutionist. I think Carl Sagan said it, right? There, there could be millions and millions of Earth-type planets out there that may have life. But as we look at it, yeah, well, let, me, let me stop okay. you right there. I think that that is the issue with ev- evolution is that we are no longer special. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, God, if God created us, if God created us for his pleasure and for his glory, then we are special. If we're made in the image of God, then we're, there's something special about us, right? And, and so evolution sort of takes that all away and says, oh, you know, you're just, it's just molecules demand. We just, you know, we're just a process that we're just part of the overall process of how whatever reactions that happened that created life, you know, we're just happenstance, we're by chance. And, and oh, by the way, there could be, there could be other worlds. And, and, you know, that takes away that basically all of that just makes us nothing. I mean, we don't matter. I mean, that man doesn't matter. There's nothing. There's nothing that matters about us. So yeah, I I I think that evolution definitely takes away from that. I think that I think you know that we have to be. If we have an evolutionary mindset, then absolutely. I mean, I think that it makes sense to think that there's possibly life elsewhere, and and it makes sense to even focus on that because we're, there's nothing special about us. And yeah, we're just we. We're just a bunch of things that cells that happened, and we're, yeah, we're a bag of water that somehow yeah has life. But that's what I was going to going with this. But from a creation standpoint, when you look at life at other planets, that's why we we would say no because you just got done talking about the Earth is special; it was uniquely created, mm-hmm. and God. And then I've heard people say this: Well, then why would God have created such an, a large? expansive universe and it's just the earth that doesn't make sense but to us believers it makes sense because god is showing us his greatness we can't even calculate how big the universe is and he is outside of that yeah like he's he is we can't even we could we don't even have a a grasp of of how big he is even though we have some semblance of a grasp of how big he is compared to the universe i mean he's outside of that i think yeah i mean i hadn't thought about it that way but i think he probably i think in part he probably did reveal himself in his creation in the sense of how immense it is it gives us some idea of who he is it gives us some idea of some semblance of a grasp on you know his immensity and so yeah i think that even if you think about it, it's not just how big the universe is. Like you look at an electron mi- microscope and you see how, you know, you see the depths of creation. You see, you know, you see how, you know, it's just as big going in as it is going out. And, you know, our minds can't even fathom that. And yet he made us as, as this special creation in the midst of all that. 
And I think, yeah, it reveals it reveals something of who he is. It's scary to think that because you and I, it's funny, you're like inside my head because that's what I was going to go to next. It's also not only out of in the universe, but it's also looking inside. Yes. You see the amazingness of perfect order. Yes. And and creation. And it, and he's doing that. It's making it so obvious that there's a creator. That's why I think evolution is such, you know, uh, sure. it's embarrassing. Yeah, Romans one eighteen. I mean, so he's revealed himself and what he's made and you know that he's clearly i mean clearly revealed himself and what he's made and we see that and how big the universe is we see that in and how how infinite the universe is you know it's interesting and you, th- you think about numbers you know if you if you go one two three four five six seven eight you know dot 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 and then you have infinity right it, you know it just keeps going to infinity well that would be the universe going out, there's this infinity that's going out. That would be understanding who God is, how big he is. But then you, you know, if you take two numbers, you take one and two and you start dividing those out between, you know, one and two, you divide it by 10, you get, you know, 10 tenths, but then you divide it by a hundred, you get a hundred hundreds. But if you keep going to infinity, it actually continues to go into it to infinity that direction. And so no matter which direction we look, no matter how we look, I mean, you see the infinity of God and that, that is clearly revealed in creation and, and it clearly reveals who he is. And, and I think that's why the universe is so immense because of one Romans one eighteen that it clearly shows us him clearly reveals absolutely him. absolutely and you told me there would be no math yeah. now my head is spinning it's all, um, about, it's all about math <laughs> so let's look at this let's say there is and we're just we're kind of hypothesizing is that a word hypothesizing Hy- yeah sure uh, pretending uh, yeah, we'll give, we'll, i'll be good with that that there is life on other planets and you made the statement you said that it it doesn't affect scripture it doesn't affect yeah i'm what i'm saying is it wouldn't affect i mean if god revealed that I'm confident that he would do it in such a way that it wouldn't change Scripture. I wouldn't be going, oh my goodness, now I, everything that I ever believed gets, is different or changed. I don't, I don't think that that would be the case. But I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I was going to say, but what you're doing is you're just, you're just trusting that God didn't tell you this. He didn't tell us in his word that there is other life. That's right. The part that confuses me, and I'm always confused, so you can straighten me out. When you look at Second Peter chapter 3, 7 through 10, Peter says the universe is going to be burned up. So that means that life everywhere is, is going to be burned up. So if there is life, they would have to hear the gospel. Either man is supposed to go colonize or go out into space, or, and again, this is hypothesis, if there's life. That means that something would have had to happen to that planet or those people so they would hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's the part that confuses me that if it wasn't included in the Bible and I think what you're saying is that it wouldn't it, God didn't reveal it so it, it wouldn't it's not important to us to know what's going on well, no 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 what I'm saying is is that I'm again it's a, a hypoth- I'm hypothesizing using your word <laughs> I'm saying that if God were to in the future if he were to reveal that there is life elsewhere what I'm saying is is that I'm confident in the word of God that it wouldn't it wouldn't change the word of God. I mean, it wouldn't be like all of a sudden I can't trust the Word of God because we we found life on another planet. I'm confident that He's revealed to us what He wants us to know. I'm confident that if there's something other than that that He wants to revealing to us, I'm confident in the Word of God. I'm confident that the Word of God stands forever. I'm not 
I'm not worried about finding out something that is going to completely rock my world and change my view of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Even if there were life on another planet, I don't, it's not, I'm not worried about it. I think it would fit perfectly with what God has revealed. And, and I would go, oh, that makes sense. So they wouldn't have their own Bible, their own. No. Well, because it, it wouldn't say in our, it, it doesn't well, say in God's word that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just telling you that, that it wouldn't change how I view, it wouldn't, I'm it confident. It wouldn't alter your faith. Yeah, it wouldn't change my faith. It wouldn't change, it wouldn't change the word of God. Like it right. wouldn't be like, oh my goodness, he didn't reveal something that he should have revealed to me. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I have no concern whatsoever about that. And this is my point: is that that's why it doesn't make sense that there is life elsewhere. I, that's I don't believe there is. No, I don't. Either. You don't either. And I think that's why it makes sense that there wouldn't be, because you know, Peter talks about it, and even and even Paul talks about it in 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 Romans eight twenty two, right? All creation is groaning. I, I take that, and in Colossians talks about you know Christ is holding everything together. Mm-hmm. Everything. So everything is connected. So everything is there's in There's no control. rogue molecule. Rogue, that's what I was trying to, yeah. yeah, there's no rogue molecule. So there is no there is no other planet with life that's different. Because I, I was reading somewhere, somebody was saying this, that, you know, God, there is no Klingon. And there is no Romulan. It's it's human. It's man. Yes. And we're created in his image. And we're that's special right. and we're unique. That's right. And, I, and I, I believe that with all my heart. God has created us in a special way. And I think that's how it, you know, that's how I read and understand understand Genesis chapter 1. That's how I read and understand the rest of Scripture. That's how I read and understand, you know, Revelation 21 and 22, speaking of the end and how God, you know, it, you know consummates this thing. I think that what we're going to have is, you know, every tribe, tongue, and nation is going to be before the throne of God, and I don't see anywhere in Scripture that would tell me that any of those tribes, tongues, and nations are going to come from other planets that we don't already know about. Yeah, and I like how you said that earlier, that God, he said, go go out and populate the planet, fill it. Yes. And, and take he also, dominion. Yeah, that's Genesis 1, 26 and 28. He didn't say go out to the other planets no. and take dominion. No. Which is a, that was a good point. I had never thought, put it. Yeah, put and there. even, but I think it's, it's even stronger. And I mentioned it earlier, but I think it's worth, I think it's worth reading, you know, Acts, Acts chapter 1, 8 is that, you know, Jesus is about to ascend uh, back to the throne of in heaven, you know, giving them, he's promising them that, you know, ultimately, you know, they've asked him, you know, when, you know, when God is going to restore the kingdom or when are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? And Lord, is it at this time? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has set by his own authority. But, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the end of the earth. That's it. I, I mean, think, yeah, period. Boom. Period. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think that includes anything further. I don't think that we're called to go to Mars and called to go to, you know, other, other worlds. And I don't, and I don't see their, Anything that would tell me that there's other worlds that are that already exist that have that have life, you know, intelligent life on them. Now, whether there's, you know, whether there's some sort of, you know, bacteria or whatever that lives on Mars, it doesn't change my worldview. You know, what's really interesting about that is they they're spending all this, and I'm not against space exploration. I think it's interesting, but they spend all that money. They send these rovers all over, and they they dig up the soil, and they're just they're looking for one microbe, something, just one little tiny thing of life. Yeah, and I think I think as Christians, we need to recognize that that much of that is motivated by trying to show that God doesn't exist and that evolution is true. 
I think I, I think we need to recognize that that it's this is not motivated by you know we want to show the glory of God in creation and and that's okay I mean I, look I'm not against space exploration I I think that many things that you know there have been many advances that we've been able to make as you know as people that have come from you know money that and and energy that's been spent exploring you know space and exploring you know the atmosphere and how that all works and yeah I mean you know rockets and all the things that go go with that I I, I know that there have been a lot of advancements that have been made you know even in everyday life you know from that so I'm not against it I'm not against even sending probes to Mars and matter of fact when we were in you and I were in California there were people at Grace Community Church that there was a guy in our small group that worked at the Jet Propulsion Lab. And as a matter of fact, at Santa Cruz Baptist Church, they brought in a, you know, a, a rover, you know, like a model of what they sent to one, you know, I think Mars maybe, but they showed it there. I think that stuff's fascinating. I just don't think, you know, biblically, I don't think that what we're going to find is that there's life elsewhere, you know, at least intelligent life. So... Yeah, I agree. I mean, all those stuff. Thankful for the the inventions that came out of that tang. I'm I love it. Uh, <laughs> Velcro. Velcro is another thing. I love it. No, but I'm excited. I it's weird. I think it would be fun to send someone to Mars and back, like they did the moon and back, just to prove that we could do it. And sure. Just like you said, the innovations that well, would but come even, out of that. Yeah, the mathematics that have that have arisen out of understanding, yeah. you know, trajectories and things like that. I definitely been, certainly been, it's been helpful and I have no problem with it. I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think it's good. Let's do it. Um, it gives us something to do and, you know, and keeps us out of trouble. That's right. Keeps us, I mean, if, if we can focus on that, maybe there'll be, le- uh, you know, one or two less wars. That's true. But what I was going to say is that it's interesting too, when you, when you talk about these rovers looking for anything, if you just go and, and take a scoop of dirt, from the desert, or like we talked about the desert, or go to Antarctica and take a scoop of something ice. There's all kinds of microbacterial life in there. Like it, our planet is just so full of life, you can't even fathom it. Sure. And again, God is showing. You go to other planets, there's zip zero. Yiddish would say bupkis. And here you've got there's so much. Even walking outside of your backyard and yes. looking at the grass, you how many insects and things and absolutely teeming. <laughs> I think that's that's the word teeming with life. It boggles the mind. Yeah, UFOs. UFOs. It's yeah. UFOs. We're, we're, we're talking about Mars. We're talking about our space. UFOs are are really people are seeing them more and more lately. We're getting them more on film. Even the Pentagon is you know can't figure out what these things are. Throw that at you. What are UFOs? What are UFOs? I would lean toward the vast majority of them have to be you know some sort of experimental aircraft or just some sort of ab- aberration. I mean, it it's not real in terms of it. It ends up being shown it's not a UFO. I mean, the vast majority of those things are, are shown that way. I would lean toward if there are legitimate UFOs, that it would be demonic in nature, that it would be demonic in terms of us seeing something that would be um, something that would be from the angelic realm. I don't think that it's it's life, you know, and planted planet or another solar system or whatever that you know that is coming and visiting us. I, I'm not concerned about that being the case. I don't think so. Like I said earlier, I think if there's aliens, we need to understand the angelic realm is is alien to us, and and so you know, I I have no qualms biblically that the angelic realm at some level could. When I say angelic, I mean demonic in in this case you know to to deceive us you know to deceive people well the bible we talked about the bible doesn't mention life on other planets but it does mention extraterrestrials yes genesis 6 yes right go ahead the sons of man 
Yes. The sons of God. Yes. That, so, and that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, when I, I say I when I say that there are alien there are aliens to us, right? Yeah. I mean they're from another dimension. Yes. Completely different so, dimension. Yes. Yeah. And so yes, I think that there are aliens in that sense, but it's I think it's angelic. I think it's demonic in terms of if there are UFOs that are there to deceive us, then I think it's demonic. Absolutely. The thing about UFOs, it, it's there's so much weirdness of it because when you look, and I'm not an engineer, you're an engineer, or a, a, a math guy to know all these things, but when UFOs are prevalent, they're able to do things that we can't do. And I mean, that's been the witness. I mean, there have been some eyewitness statements that say that raft flying or whatever is able to change directions in ways that by our physics. Right. So. I mean, we, maybe we've all seen videos of them where there's one hovering over the pyramids and all of a sudden it just yeah. It goes up into the sky at an unbelievable speed, and there's no sonic boom. Yeah. Physics law that things can't happen unless something happens. Yes. <laughs> or So that's the weird part about it. There's oddities about these some of these UFOs. That's what makes me believe, I'm with you, that these are, these are dynamic. These are something from another dimension. There's a lot of trying to pull people to a different belief. Yeah, I think, I think a diluting influence, as Paul you know, referred to in the last times, that there would be this this diluting influence that would be poured out. And I think that that's part of what potentially we're seeing and why we're seeing even an uptick in that type of activity. I think the demonic world knows that this world is coming to an end. The demonic world knows that the judgment's coming. They know it as well as we do, maybe more, maybe better. And it would make sense. I mean, if you think about in terms of demonic activity, you know, you read the, read the Gospels and you see all this demonic activity. Well, we don't see all that, you know, in, in the world in terms of activity. We know about those things. But you know, we know that those things happen, but we don't see it to the level that seems to be on the pages of the New Testament. And I think that was because that was a special time, you know, when Christ was on the earth and, and a demonic world knew, and I think they were at a fever pitch at that point. And I think that we're going to see that again. We're going to see more and more of the miraculous, if you will, in that sense, and the more and more of that type of realm going forward. And I think it makes sense, you know, if that's what's happening now, see all the things that are going on in the culture that seems to point to that we're getting closer to the end, we're getting closer to the end, then it makes sense that we would see more and more of that type of activity. Yeah, how far do you think Satan would go to fool people? Oh, I think he would. I mean, I think we see that in the, on the pages of uh, Scripture. We see that in Revelation, that he will go at all lengths to fool people. And he is going to try to, if if possible, even the elect. I think that's what Christ mm-hmm. said, that he's going to he's gonna dupe us, and, and he's going to try to throw everything at us in order to take our take our eye off of what is true. This is kind of I think I've asked you this before and I know what your answer is, but I've heard people just, I'm just throwing this but out the there. But the fresh bread audience might not. <laughs> well, I'm just throwing this out there because I've heard uh, some people say this could be a possibility. Could antichrist be an extraterrestrial that would land his saucer in Washington DC and say I'm here to save the planet? What it could he manifest himself in that way? Right. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think it's possible. Would that be the greatest deception that could ever happen to the planet? That would be right up there, which I think is what, you know, whatever he does, I think, you know, it has to be something that's going to deceive a lot of people 
and into thinking he's something that, and that would make a lot of sense. I mean, if, you know, if you think about it, he's, I mean, if he's the antichrist, so that means that he's not Christ, he's everything that isn't of Christ, but he's going to counterfeit what Christ does. I mean, Christ is going to come when Christ returns, he's going to return from heaven and, you know, we're expecting him from heaven. And so if antichrist showed up in some sort of extraterrestrial form, you know, like in a UFO type situation, yeah, I mean, a lot of people might think that he is the redeemer. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're just in, you know, again, we're hypothesizing here. Right. But, I, but I'm, I'm just asking you this because it's interesting. We talked about this earlier, how you said it wouldn't affect your faith. It wouldn't affect the Bible. But would there be Christians that would be shaken up if, let's say, Satan has a demon manifest himself into an extraterrestrial, lands and says, I'm here to save the planet? Would there have to be this huge... Because Satan's been trying to do this, unite the planet, unite all religions. This guy lands and he says, I'm here to save everybody. If everybody just unites and worships me, I, you know, I'll take care of the planet. We'll save you guys. Would there be some Christians that may fall for that? Would they just say, yeah? Well, I mean, I guess if that's what happened... I, I don't see that. I actually take, you know, in terms of Antichrist, I take it as, as you know, he could be living now mm-hmm. and living in this world now, and he just hasn't revealed himself. You know, I, I take it that he's probably going to be— So you I take think, it like more like Prince Charles? Yeah. Or King Charles now? King Charles now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody that, that arises that nobody knew anything about. I don't think that—I don't think that he's right now leading a life that we would necessarily know— right who he is, and if he were to be living now. I don't think so. I mean, that's me. I I think he's just going to be a guy. And and it will be a man. I think so. I think so. And he will be mortally wounded, and then... Yes. Yeah. And then say, Satan will, will enter possess into him. him, enter into yep. him, yes. But what I'm saying is, is that it could be that, that he devises some way to deceive people that he, you know, that has something to do with these extraterrestrial manifestations that we're that we're seeing possibly i don't i, I don't know it, it's weird i can see the look yeah. i wish people could have saw the look on your face it, oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very weird question but i've just heard some people have said that that would be such a huge deception that even christians would be sure. freaked out by it and it would alter their faith i say no because i i'm not going to fall for it i hope know? i don't yeah. I mean, by, by god's grace i won't fall for it i mean i wouldn't fall for it but I, I'm, that's not to say that I'm smart enough or wise enough that I would never be susceptible to to somebody's deceptions. Again, this, these UFOs, these close encounters of the third kind where people are actually, they believe, talking to extraterrestrials. The extraterrestrials' message is always the same thing, is that always Jesus Christ is not the answer. If you're a believer or not, whatever it is, unifying, unifying. Like I think you've said it many times, that Satan is more of a unifier. Christ is a divider because... That's what he said he came to do, to separate the sheep and the goats. Yes. And the wheat and the tare. I mean, there's always that, that going on. And then, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these wonderful miracles in your name? Yes. And I didn't know you. And there's two roads. So there's a lot There's a lot of division. Yeah, I mean, if anyone shows up, speaking of um, unifying, if, any, if anyone shows up, speaking of everybody getting in the same, under the same umbrella, you know, type of idea, this idea of, of being together, you know, Coexisting, you know those. That's those are satanic messages. I mean, it's uh, yeah. You know, we are the world. I mean, that 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 is a in my mind, that's a satanic message. I don't mean to. I know that you know. I'm just tearing down people's 80s and 90s at the moment. But yeah, I don't. I don't see that as a godly message. You know, he did come to divide. You know, and and ultimately, ultimately, the u- unity is going to come around. 
the truth. And I think that ultimately he will unify. Every tribe, tongue, and nation will be represented before the throne in unity. But it's going to be in, around the truth, not around, you know, not the satanic lie. Yeah, and that wasn't a great song anyway. But when you think about it... I, thought, lo- it, I thought it was catchy. You liked it? Okay. Yeah, musically. <laughs> but when you think about this stuff, a lot of, you know, like I said, we're not going to do Art Bell weird stuff, but when you think about, you know, Bigfoot and UFOs, anybody that has contact with any of these things, there's a, an amazing amount of fear, mind-numbing fear that they experience. The dark side, the demons, they really enjoy fear. They love well, when Yeah, you could afraid. say they, I mean, it, it seems as though they thrive on yeah. it. Yeah. They, that's a, it's a, control, a source of control. You know, it's interesting, Second Thessalonians at the end, that people are going to be saying peace and safety. The idea of peace and safety is going to be the rallying point. People are going to want peace, and they're going to want safety, and they're going to be willing to give up everything for that because they don't want to fear. They want to they want to be secure. It's just that the problem is focusing on the wrong things for security. And Satan and, and his demonic... Uh, the demonic world is going to capitalize on that more and more as time draws near. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that it would make sense, again, that there would be an uptick in these types of sightings and things if it's demonic because Satan is deceiving and he wants to deceive and he wants people to be insecure. Therefore, he can ride in and, and save the day and, and he can be the unifier and he can, you know, he can say, okay, you know, there's safety and if you do this, if you join us, there's safety in that. You know, that's what he's trying to do. And again, it's just a, it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit to what Christ is ultimately going to do. We just talked about fear and you're talking about peace and safety. Is that the reason why when you look at movies now, they're sort of dark and everyone wants to be terrified and scared and there's an obsession with fear and... Yeah, I think, I mean, I hadn't, I haven't thought about that directly, but I think that there is something there that there's this fascination with death. There's a fascination with the unknown. There's a fascination with evil. And I think that that fits with what we're talking about, that, you know, people people are, are fascinated by those things. And I think that they're fascinated because there, there is a fear. I mean, they do fear these things. And I think that, that ultimately, ultimately Satan is going to capitalize on that. Now, you know, ultimately God wins in the end, but, you know, that's the, that's my eschatology. Ultimately God wins. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that there is this fascination in our culture with death and blood and guts and, you know, zombies and all these things. And I think that, you know, I think that's because there is a fear. I think it's because it really is real. I think it's popular because people think about it, right? I mean, they, they actually think about it. And I think it's probably, you know, in a weird sort of way, helpful to them to just face it through, a, you know, fantasy you know, through movies or through video games or whatever, that they can face it. And in that way, it somehow takes the edge off of it. Back to Mars. Back to back to Mars. Back to Mars. So we answered the question, how would Martian colonists view the gospel? How would the gospel be shared? You know, it, there would be no difference, right? No. To the colonists who are there and to the, if there were Martians, right? No, I don't think it would change anything. I mean, I think that the gospel we go forth and, you know, wherever wherever mankind is at, you know, that we're commanded to preach the gospel to all the nations. I mean, if and if God happens to allow for there to be a nation on Mars, you know, the Martian nation, if you will, ultimately, ultimately the gospel would go there. But I don't, you know, biblically, I don't see it. 
And, uh, you know, as we've said in Acts chapter one, it says goes you know, to the ends of the earth. And it to me, that is the that's the shut the door. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. It, it doesn't. If the Bible had said something about uh, to the ends of the earth and beyond, you may have a case. But I think when it says to the end of the earth, yeah, it's, all of the earth. Yeah, to the ends of the earth seems to be a finite in terms and of the earth. The fear, it's not flat. It's not square. So you don't just keep walking. Yeah. And God is outside of the universe, so He's bigger. No matter where we would go, we were not going to be beyond God's no. reach. No. So okay. Nope. Well, hopefully this was helpful. Well, it was fun. Yeah. Good, fun discussion. Hopefully it was helpful and, and edifying to those who are listening. It, it was. Do you have any Tang? Um, you know, Tang. Have you had sure. ta- it's been a while since I've had Tang. It's, I like to load up a couple scoops and yeah. good, good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Fresh Bread. Thank you for listening to Fresh Bread, a ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org.